Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping moms ditch perfection and find peace through planning. This is episode 45, Mealtime Tools versus Solutions. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well. Today we've got kind of a mindset episode that I hope can help you understand or think about the complexity of mealtime and the necessity of ditching shame and perfectionism to make progress on your family's health and your stress levels around mealtime in general. So I want to start out with a little story about my personal life. So I'm big into personal development and I was recently reading a parenting book that outlined some great ideas for parenting and disciplining children. As I was reading the book, I was getting super jazzed because the ideas were new to me and exciting and they also jived really well with my parenting style. I was certain that this book was the answer to all of my parenting struggles. So after getting a handle on some of the techniques, I started to try them out. A lot of them worked really well. I saw a big improvement in my children's behavior in general as I was making an effort to apply new strategies and ideas to my parenting. But in one particular instance, I was working with my oldest daughter and I was following a script, you could say, outlined in the book, 100% the way that they outlined it and ended up with a five-year-old tantruming and screaming at me. Um, This experience left me feeling... I kept thinking to myself, but I did exactly what the book said. And the book said that if I followed the script, that she would probably go calmly to her room for a break. But she didn't. She lost it and she screamed at me. Uh, Then my thoughts went to, I must be failing as a mother because this book was the answer and it didn't work. This all seems a little dramatic now that I say it out loud. But that's honestly how I felt in that moment. Just completely defeated. Let's circle back and talk about what I didn't acknowledge to myself in this self-deprecating moment. So I didn't acknowledge that as a whole, things in our family had been much better since I started implementing new parenting strategies. I also didn't even really treat the book fairly. The author had said that in his experience, when spoken to in a certain way, children would comply. He said most, and not all. Even the author acknowledged that this formula might not work every single time for every single child. And in five years with my daughter, I'm very aware that she is not most children. But one of the biggest problems, and what I'm going to talk about in this episode, is that I was giving a book on parenting too much power. By deciding that this book was the answer to all of my parenting problems, I was, of course, setting myself up for failure and disappointment when it wasn't some kind of magic potion that made all of my parenting problems go away. Pretty sure if I knew the real magic solution to that, I'd be a bazillionaire, but that's beside the point. So by giving this book so much power, I didn't give myself as a mother enough credit And the chance of me quitting and giving up because a book didn't solve all of my problems was so much higher. The real problem is that I was using a tool, a book, as a solution, which meant I was doing myself and the book a disservice. Suddenly the book was no good because it didn't solve every issue that I've ever had. And I also feel that I'm no good because I couldn't make the solution work 
And there certainly weren't other solutions, right? <laughs> so this is a classic example of all or nothing thinking. I've talked about this before, but instead of acknowledging the positive skills that I had learned and the fact that as a whole, our home life had improved, I fixated on the negative and this became a failure because it wasn't a complete success, if that makes sense. So when I shift my thinking and think of this book as a useful tool instead of the solution, my thoughts become a lot more positive. So I'll think thoughts like, not every idea in this book works for our family, but a lot of them have been really helpful and have made our home happier. Or even there are a lot of good tools in this book to try. They may not work all the time, but when they do, they're really helpful. Another key in thinking about tools versus solutions is to think about the fact that you, as a mother, you are the solution. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. So without a human element, no self-help or personal development book can ever work. No system or plan can work. You are the answer to your problems. So now that we've talked about this from a parenting perspective, let's go ahead and shift uh, into how you can make this apply in your kitchen and at mealtime as well. There are so many ways. But before I dive into specifics, I want to talk about another idea that I think is one of the big reasons that we as moms or humans in general are kind of struggling with all or nothing thinking and with giving tools too much power. So to do this, I want to talk a little bit about marketing. So marketing and sales tactics can play a really huge role in causing us as humans to think of tools as solutions. And why would that be? It's because it's literally a marketing strategy to show you as a consumer how a product will completely transform your life. Think of any commercial that you've ever seen. They start with someone with a problem, introduce a product, and suddenly everything is butterflies and rainbows for the main character in this plot because they now have this product. Think of lines like, have the happiest baby on the block with the gentlest baby formula, or be the talk of the neighborhood with the greenest lawn, or never be left stranded again with the most reliable car around. Good marketing sells a transformation. Heck, in my marketing on this podcast and through other ventures, I'm trying to sell a transformation. So this strategy is not inherently bad or wrong. It's actually really effective. We all want products that will solve our problems. But the fact is that this kind of marketing can lead us directly into that all or nothing thinking. So now let's go back to those examples. Let's say you tried that baby formula and your baby is happier but still gets fussy in the evenings. Or you tried that fertilizer and your lawn is greener but it's still not as green as your neighbor's. Or you bought the most reliable car around and you're in the shop much less but you've still had a repair or two. In all of these cases, you did have a transformation and the tool worked, but because these products didn't necessarily supply a complete solution or maybe live up to the marketing hype, you might feel like they didn't work. What's missing in marketing is the human component. What's missing, again, is you. You are the solution and there are tools that can help you along the way. 
So maybe your baby isn't cranky because he's hungry or his belly hurts. And maybe that's why this formula isn't working all the way. Maybe he just needs more stimulation and time outside. Or maybe he's cranky in the evenings because he's a baby and you just need to ride this one out. Maybe the reason your lawn isn't as green as your neighbor's isn't because it's not fertilized well enough, but because they have a better system for watering. If you asked them about it and used your fertilizer, maybe you could actually have the greenest lawn on the block. And maybe your reliable car is great, but you could still be better about getting those oil changes right on time. Or maybe you need to work on your mindset and just accept that car repairs are part of life. The way that you look at things is really powerful. And the way that society and people that are selling us things want us to look at things is not necessarily the most healthy or valuable to our success. So now that you understand kind of how society is leading you into this kind of thinking, I want to shift one more time and look at this idea again as it comes to mealtime. So there are so many products out there designed to make mealtime better, faster, healthier, You get the picture and you've heard this marketing time and time again. Many of these products out there are often marketed as solutions. Don't have time to cook? Arby's is right around the corner. Need help meal planning? Try this new app that does it all for you. Here's where the problems start to arise. So I talk a lot about fast food and convenience foods on the podcast, and I'm hoping that with this episode, I can actually clarify a little bit about my stance on this topic. I'm absolutely not against fast foods and convenience foods. In fact, I too use them occasionally. You could say they are a tool in my arsenal. The problem is that fast foods and convenience foods are tools that I see being used incorrectly all the time. It's like using a hammer to try and get a screw out of your wall. It just doesn't make sense. So let's say that a busy mom decides that fast food and convenience foods are the solution. There's just no other way that she, as a busy mom who's got a lot on her plate, can make dinner happen regularly. So as a family, they start eating out two, three, or maybe even more times per week. And this might work out okay for the immediate problem. It solves the hunger problem. But after a while, other problems might start to arise. So maybe... So maybe this mom will start to notice that all the fast food is starting to slow her down and make her feel a little bit sluggish or sick to her stomach. Or maybe she'll see that her food bill is much higher than she anticipated and higher than their family can afford because of the frequency of fast food purchases. Let's move over to the meal planning app. So let's say you try out a new meal planning app, but in three of the six meals on this week's menu, there's ingredients that you don't like. You start to get frustrated and decide that meal planning isn't for you or again that you're a failure because you can't make this meal planning app work and you cycle into this all or nothing thinking here again. You were hoping that the meal planning app would be a solution, but instead it's a tool. Okay, so let's dig into how you, the solution, can use the many tools available to you in combination with each other to create a system and a family dynamic that works for you. Keep in mind that you'll have to find the best balance that works for you and your family because, like I said, you are the solution. So let's talk about fast food. When would fast food be a good tool to use? So if you're on the go and it doesn't make sense to pack something, that could be a great time to use fast food. 
Or maybe you have something to celebrate and your kids love fast food. That would be a great time to use it. And maybe even those times that your dinner plan has gone completely awry and there's just nothing you can do to salvage it. Maybe that's a good time to grab takeout. When is it not good to use fast food then? So in my opinion, it's not good to use fast food in place of meal planning. If you don't plan well or regularly, you'll find every opportunity to just take the easy way out, which will lead you into abusing this useful tool. So what about convenience foods? What are the best times to use convenience foods? So I like to use convenience food when making the item at home is incredibly time consuming and not worth the investment of time. So I don't make bread, croissants, these kinds of things often in my house. I might make them for a fun project, but it's not something that I make as part of my weekly menu. It also can be really useful to use convenience foods in times of great stress or need. I'm talking about the newborn phase here, guys. Uh, Convenience foods are also really convenient for traveling or other times when keeping fresh food on hand isn't really feasible or you don't have a way to keep that fresh food safe and from going bad. When is it best not to use convenience food? Just because you can. So in the case of convenience food, I urge you to practice and explore. Making pancakes from scratch takes about two seconds longer than making them from a mix. They'll taste better, they'll save you money, and you'll be more in control of the ingredients that you use. So it's a win-win-win situation. I urge you to look at the convenience foods you are using the most often and research ways you could do it yourself. If the process is too much to do yourself, then don't. But in many cases, you just have never thought about how simple or fast it could be to do it on your own and how much money you could save or how much more in control of your diet you could be. What about meal planning apps then? So I've got to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of meal planning apps, but even they can have their place. And depending on you and your family, they might be able to have a greater place than they do in my home. So I think apps can be a really great starting place for beginners to cooking or to meal planning. They can also be really great if you're in a recipe rut and you just need somewhere to spark new ideas. When shouldn't you use a meal planning app? Don't use a meal planning app just because you don't want to take the time to learn to meal plan or the time to make your own meal plan because you'll likely end up wanting to change half of whatever pre-made meal plan you get and it would have been faster to just start from scratch. What about box meal kits? These are so popular right now. These can be another great tool when maybe you want to cook at home but you are a little bit short on time. Or you can use them when you want to try new things and new recipes without as much risk because you're not going to buy an entire closet full of ingredients. You'll just get just the right portions of what you need to try some new things. Why wouldn't box meal kits be a good solution long term? For me, there's a couple reasons. The biggest one is because long term, it's really going to hurt your pocketbook. It's not that I don't think that these products are worth what they charge. They are incredibly convenient and taking a lot of the work out of the process of cooking for you. So you obviously are going to pay for that convenience. And to do every once in a while, it's a good investment. But 
to do long term, you're going to probably spend double what you would spend at the grocery store. And so it's worth taking the time to learn to meal prep and make things easier on your own rather than to just rely on this convenience. You also will have some of the same problems with box meal kits as you would with using a pre-made meal plan that there will just be some things that are not your family's preferences and it can be hard to substitute and avoid those things. Okay, so what about meal prep? You know, one of those things that I sell all the time. Even meal prep can be overused. There was a time when my weekly meal prep was so stressful and time consuming that I was having a hard time getting through it all. There have also been times that I've meal prepped something that I should have just made fresh and it doesn't taste great. So when is the right time to use the tool of meal prep? I like to tell people to meal prep as much as it's relieving stress. And if it starts to cause stress, then you're doing too much. All right, everyone, I hope this episode has made you think a little bit and has made you look at some of the tools you're using and see if you're giving them just too much power. I want you to say the mantra to yourself that you are the one in control. You are in charge of mealtime and you're in charge of making it a success for your family. But you don't have to be afraid because there are a lot of tools designed to help you along that way. Letting go of some of that mom guilt surrounding dinner time, that guilt associated with grabbing a pizza or eating convenience foods can really go away if you just consider that you needed a special tool that day so you grabbed convenience foods. It doesn't mean that you as a mother are anything less. You're just smart and resourceful in using the tools that you have available to you. But I do urge you to look at the tools that you're using and see if there are any that you're using in the wrong way that you can start using in the right way. I said this already, but your combination of tools won't be exactly the same as my combination of tools, and that's okay. Don't be afraid to experiment, try things out, see what works for you, and start to develop your mealtime system over time. It will take time. You aren't failing, you're learning, and every step you take is one step closer to success. And as always, I'm rooting for you. You have got this. All right, next week's episode is all about breakfast. I've noticed that my day goes so much better if I eat a good wholesome breakfast, but who has time for that every day? I'm sharing the what and the how of breakfast in our house, and I hope it helps you improve that most important meal of the day. Until next time, happy planning. Happy planning.